0: second week um as you can tell the podcast so we sort of have to um uh, battle any, any sort of technical difficulties <laughs> uh, so hopefully going forward we get this. but uh you know we can't really help it we just get booted off of what we're what we're recording on <laughs> rid- rid-
1: ridiculous we're we're back we're hello professional. so what did I just say oh what was I, I I lost uh on your explanation of the horse racing scene
0: I was just gonna say it's a really great sort of movie moment because you're sitting there and two characters are talking about one thing but they're obviously also talking about another thing um, which is always really fun to see and so yeah I, I, I enjoyed that scene quite a bit too even if it is Pretty obvious, like what the innuendo is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
1: had a lot. Of, I think I I had a lot of fun watching that scene. I was like, oh, this is funny. Like this is. It was like a funny movie. Like overall, it was just like uh, everything that was being said was funny. Like everything was just funny about it.
0: Yeah. So like quick, and they talk talk really cool, and so they're always throwing out a lot of good like one liners, which I yeah. I always loved in, in movies like this. What were your scenes? Well, so I had a whole bunch here. And I won't go into all of them for fear of uh, getting booted by Anchor if uh, if they don't like my choices. So I'll just choose my favorite few. <laughs> so um, I really, we mentioned earlier how every woman is just, like, throwing themselves at Marlowe. It really cracked me up in the scene where he's at the bookshop from <laughs> <the different> Geigers <laughs> where the woman is literally like I guess we're closed now <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny um and I'll have a little piece of trivia about that later on but I, I found that very entertaining did you did you enjoy that scene at all <laughs> probably
1: one of my favorite parts of that scene was at the very end of it when like he goes over to geigers because he realizes that like Geiger's come outside and you are just like meant to assume that they probably just like had sex for an hour and he just goes so as he's walking out the door he just goes so long and calls her pal so long pal i was like, yeah. I was like how old is this girl
0: <laughs> and she's clearly like she's clearly like going in for some sort of like embrace and he just kind of like pats her on the arm <laughs> and walks out yeah. it's so rude So I really enjoyed that. Um, And then pretty much any scene where there's uh, violence uh, interested me because they just do it because it's such like a talky movie. It really stands out when there's sort of gunshots fired um, or anything like that. But the two that I wanted to highlight were um, Marlowe saving Mrs. Rutledge from uh, getting robbed after, after she wins all the money at the casino, and then sort of them driving in the car, and then making out in the car. So that's really more of a sequence, but I did, en- I did enjoy that, and uh, that's all pretty much verbatim from the book. But it's a lot more romantic seeming in the movie because Bacall and, and Bogart have such good, good chemistry. So I really loved seeing that. Did you, did you enjoy that sequence at all, Wolf?
1: I. Uh... Yeah, I I thought that was nice, and I think it helped us discover more about Lauren Bacall's character and like who she was really out for, like and mm-hmm. like who she really cared about in this movie. And she really just I felt she just really cared about herself until yeah, like, until absolutely. the end. She was like slowly becoming more and more invested in Humphrey Bogart's mm-hmm.
0: character. Yeah, and I think I I I like that change to her character because I think in the book, if I remember correctly, it sort of ends. And um, Marlo is alone again. You know, he's just doing his own thing, basically. And, like, the books have sort of, like, somewhat cynical um, endings where it's just kind of, like, he's kind of sitting there like none of it meant anything. And now it's all over. (laughs) Yeah.
1: The movie didn't really do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it has a little bit more of, like, a Hollywood sort of, like, romance vibe to it. Which I, I actually liked. That I, I yeah. thought it was good to kind of like both make. We spend a lot of time with these characters, so it's it was good to sort of make the uh, Mrs. Rebulch character not such a such a vile woman, yeah, and uh, Marlowe not so like rough around the edges. So I thought that romance did like a good job. Can
1: I give you a scene I didn't like?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So it was a scene where. He, like, goes to Brody's apartment, and, like, Vivian is there, and uh, the bookkeeper woman is there. And, like, I thought that scene was fine, but it's the scene, like, right after that where, like, the guy, the chauffeur, like, shoots Brody. So he shoots Brody, Mm -hmm. and all these gunshots are fired in the middle of the street. And yet, here comes Bogey coming down the road, and there's only one man on the road, even though all these gunshots were just fired, only one man on the road. And he comes out of the car to, like, catch the guy. And the guy, like, shows zero emotion about just getting caught for killing the guy. He doesn't even show an ounce of emotion. Like, oh, I just killed the guy. And Bogart's like, oh, it's either me or the police. And the guy's just like, oh, okay. Like, have you ever seen the SNL skit where it's, like, Pete Davidson and he plays Chad? And Chad just goes, okay. Okay. To everything. Like, this this guy just kills a guy. And the chauffeur comes in the car and he's just like, oh. Alright, I guess I'll deal with you instead of the police, and then they fight. When they get to Eddie Mars' house, no, they get to yeah, I think it was Eddie Mars's house. It's mm-hmm. like the worst fight. People like flying around the screen. It's not that it it was like it's not that it was a bad thing. I just thought that chauffeur guy was a terrible actor.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was not, and I think. He's not doing a good job of like, because I think in the book it's supposed to be sort of like he's trying to like walk along the street sort of casually, you know, and then he gets confronted and then, but yeah, he doesn't really play the emotions <laughs> up enough at all. It kind of, it, it kind of like makes it a little bit unintentionally yeah, funny. Yeah, I thought it was actually. hilarious.
1: I was like, this guy's like, yeah, I guess I'll deal with you, Bogart. You don't seem to care at all about the law. <laughs> he did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're cute, Marlo. That's what he should have said. You're (laughs) cute. (laughs) So sort of speaking of uh, some of the lines, did you have any sort of favorite lines from this? I know we've talked a lot about how we like the way they speak in this. My
1: three favorite quotes all came in like the first 15 minutes. So two of them came in that conversation with the General Sternwood. I love how they like – Marlo like comes in the room – and the general's like giving him his like his like life story. And he's like he just goes, I like to see people drink. And I'm like, you know, I do too. <laughs> I do too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like after that too, he takes it he takes a sip and then the general is just kinda <laughs> like mm.
1: Marlo was like Marlo was like wet in that scene. It looked like someone dumped a bucket yeah. of water on him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He looked like uh he looked like uh Buzz Buzz Williams on the sideline of the basketball game. I miss that guy. I miss that guy every
1: day. And then my other my other one of my other favorite quotes from that scene was So the reason Marlo even is called in the first place was because the like his daughter was like being blackmailed, like he was being blackmailed. And I love how he just goes, I'm being blackmailed again. And it's like, how often are you getting blackmailed? <laughs> you need to like it's like every other week. You need to fix something here. And then, <laughs> and then when Marlo starts like walking around the town going to Geiger's, I forget who he says this to, but he just goes, "I collect blondes and bottles too." Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one.
0: <laughs> yeah, that one made me laugh. Too. And I love, I actually laughed. Like, and that I love long. how it just goes
1: right to the next scene. Like he says it, and then it does that like old timey transition of like going dark and then like going to the next scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it cracks me up. I, lo- I, love, those- I love all yeah. those lines. I have, I have just a couple more here. Um, so this is Marla. I can't, I remember it when they said it in the movie, but I can't remember exactly now, but he's talking about Carmen. He goes, yeah, she tried to sit on my lap while I was standing up. <laughs> 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 a good quote. It cracks me up, and I go, I love it. It, it makes you laugh so hard. And then, uh, after he meets Mrs. Rutledge for the first time, he walks out and the butler's there and he goes, you made a mistake. Mrs. Rutledge didn't want to see me. And then the butler just goes, I'm sorry, sir. I made many mistakes. That was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, that got me so much. That poor butler just
1: got abused by
0: Marlo. (laughs) Yeah, got abused by the stern He gets abused by Marlo. (laughs) There's no end of it, too. Poor. And then I, I really liked uh, I really liked the, the the final lines of the movie um, here. They they sort of are sort of that like classic Hollywood thing. Um, but you have Vivian going, you've forgotten one thing, me. And Barlow turns to her and goes, "What's wrong with you?" And then she goes, "Nothing you can't fix." Oh my goodness! <laughs> the end. I love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. A lot of witty.
0: A lot, of, a lot so, of wittiness. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of... Half of the, like, entertaining parts are just hearing them say these, like, sort of crazy, like, hard-boiled things to each other and how, like, how both cool that sounds in the movie and how, like, not like a real life mm-hmm. that is. that's sort of the thing, thing I love love about it, like, the duality of, like, damn, that sounded cool, and then I'm like, I would never fucking say that in a conversation. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, did you think this was too long? It, it clocks in at about two hours. Um, I don't know if it's,
1: I don't know. I think looking back on it, I don't know if it was too long, or just, there were a lot of scenes where I would just get so frustrated halfway through, not having any idea what was going on that I just was like, maybe the scene could, like, maybe all the scenes could have been a little shorter, or maybe they could have been a little more to the point, but, I don't know, I, I think the movie wasn't, like, the movie wasn't too long. I think it was fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Look, Yeah, I was gonna say, it, I watched this right before bed, you know, and that can be a bad recipe for a boring movie, because it means you just fall straight asleep. Um, so, I, I didn't have issues with that, but I do think, I do think if like this exact movie were made nowadays it's probably an hour and a half and like every scene is really quick and like fast paced you know not to say that this is it but like you said like they do really talk a lot in in, in some of the yeah. scenes Yeah I agree with you on that so I, I think that sort of makes it I think it sort of makes it feel a little slower paced so maybe not too long, but just very a little bit slower. Yeah, I agree. Feeling. Should we move on to trivia? Did you have any sort of favorite trivia facts from this?
1: Mm, no, I think I got all them out. I think I, I think I was able to
0: infiltrate them into our conversation. So, I've got a couple here. Um, I mentioned before with the bookstore clerk. Uh, and you, you, you said it yourself, that it, there's like the strong implication that they had, had, had sex. Um, and that was not a part of the book. That was not originally a part of the, of the script either. Um, quote, Howard Hawks added the strong implication that Marlowe and the bookstore clerk are about to make love as the scene ends. There is no such indication in the novel But Hawks was so struck with the 19-year-old Dorothy Malone's mature sexuality that he decided to make the scene steamier.
1: Hawk sounds like a creep.
0: <laughs> yeah, he seems a little too involved in other people's relationships. Honestly. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, creep, creepy man. It's fine. I'm sort of like now imagining too, like Howard Hawks walking walking over to like the writer or something like that, I'm like, I need you to rewrite this to be a little bit steamier.
1: <laughs> did you did you see the piece of trivia? Someone someone on IMDb really had uh, really just was being funny and it was like Howard like it was like Marlowe had every woman into him even though there was no implication of this in the book this was probably just like Howard Hawks like fantasizing for himself or so, it was something like that line where yeah. like Hawks was like playing it out for himself and I was like
0: I hope so <laughs> yeah I can tell you from the book that like that's certainly true that like the, 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 everybody is not so like On like, on like, dialed up to like level eight sexually, (laughs) in the book like they are in this in this movie. They're not all the way to ten, but they're pretty. They're pretty dialed up in every scene.
1: I mean, the first scene you have Lauren Bacall just like throw herself
0: into Humphrey Bogart's arms. (laughs) (laughs) She tried to sit in my lap while I was standing up. Uh, Another piece of trivia here that you tossed in that I liked um, was that they liked the performance of um, Carmen a lot, but it ended up getting cut down because she's sort of a less significant character in the story and ended up in the original cut overshadowing Lauren Bacall's performance, so they kind of had to cut a lot of her scenes um, in order to emphasize the Bacall performance more. I think that makes, makes sense for the movie, at least. Yeah,
1: I liked I like the little role that uh, Martha Vickers had. I think she was powerful in her few scenes.
0: Yeah, yeah, she really stands out when she does show up. So I don't think it really, like, ruins her role in the movie. Not at all. And then I just wanted to end on this note. Um, many critics thought the plot was too complicated, so I... I, it's not just us. You know, everybody was kind of sitting there like, who the hell is that? What's going on here? Why is she here? What's he doing here? So it was everybody. It wasn't just us.
1: <laughs> I have one yellow, y- yellow pad thought that we, okay, I have two yellow pad thoughts that we didn't talk about. So let's hit i Did this originate the idea of a room with a bunch of plants? <laughs> For a cinematic greenhouse, there's like uh, there's this anime movie called Castle in the Sky, where that was the very first thing I thought of when I saw this plant room. Because there's like this whole movie where, within there, there's like there's this plant room, and it like breathes like the life of the planet or something anime like that. And I was like, Plant room, what if they got this from this? And then, do you think, uh, do you agree that uh, having DNA evidence would have really uh, sped up this case? <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. They go in and they take fingerprints off of the camera and off the dead body. Or the blood? Maybe they just like, got test the blood a yeah, little bit. Like, true.
1: Or they could have, they got that guy out of the water and they could have been like, who touched this guy tonight?
0: It's sort of like that John Mulaney joke where it's like an old-timey detective walks into a room and they're like, sir, the criminal's blood is all over the floor. Ew, clean it up. <laughs> 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 That's this movie, honestly, but I love it though. Yeah, that's funny.
1: Yeah, I, I I enjoyed the movie. I definitely I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I definitely would give it like a strong recommendation, especially to anybody that likes the actors in the movie or likes these sort of like crime noir things. I think that just about does it for us. Should we move on to a little toss for next week?
1: Yeah, I, I want to know what I have to watch. What I have to watch. What
0: you're forcing me to watch. <laughs> so as you guys know, we're doing uh, movie swaps for next week. I'm going to give you the Steven Soderbergh film, Out of Sight. Oh. With George Clooney, Clooney. and Jennifer Lopez. Wow. Yeah. Can,
1: can I make a quick announcement? I, I thought about yeah. it. And uh, I don't want to do the wrong Missy as a new movie next week. Let's just take new movie off for next
0: week. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's okay with me. <laughs> uh,
1: and you will be watching the 1982 classic Slumber Party Massacre.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. It These is. These will be two fun movies to talk about.
1: Slumber Party Massacre <laughs> is... I'm, I'm absolutely rewatching it. Any excuse to watch <laughs> that movie, I'm in.
0: I'm hoping it's like as much kitschy fun as like uh, sleepaway or yeah sleepaway camp.
1: I think it's more fun than sleepaway. I think it's oh, more good. fun. I just can't wait to talk about that movie.
0: Good, that would be perfect. It'll be a good show though.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, I think that about does it. Thank Sorry, you so much for yeah. having me this week.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having us. Sorry about the uh, the technical difficulties, but
0: yeah, we <laughs> only took two parts, but we got it. All all right thanks everybody for tuning in uh we'll see you next week